it's an invitation for all of us to come back to purpose and understand that their purpose is the meaning of life. Um, so everyone from royals to presidents to leaders to captains of industry, the everyday person will be confronted in this time with this same contemplation. Hi, and welcome to Reasons for Optimism. My name is Ben, and I'm a director at DOOR, the business evolution consultancy. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Manjula Lee, the founder and chief executive of Worldwide Generation, whose global technology platform, G17 Eco, brings governments, business, and civil society together with the aim of delivering the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. These goals, from ending global poverty to universal global health and cleaning up the oceans, are the most crucial issues facing humanity today. Each of them alone is a daunting challenge. Together, they represent something that will only be achieved through unprecedented feats of international cooperation. Mandela serves on the City of London's Global Steering Committee for Sustainable Finance and various green task forces, and in 2018 was voted one of the 100 most influential women in blockchain and fintech. That same year, Theresa May, our then Prime Minister, launched the UK's Sustainable Development Capital Initiative with Worldwide Generation announced as technology partner. In this wide-ranging conversation, we touch on topics as diverse as sustainability, spirituality, blockchain and the media environment and the wonderful idea that the quarantine we are currently experiencing is providing humanity with a unique opportunity to pause, reflect, and rethink where we collectively go next. Angela. What I'm optimistic about right now is that, that the world has been put on pause and everyone has been sent to their homes. And why I'm optimistic about that is that up until probably the 1st of January, 2017, you know, I've personally lived my life that was defined by what the world defined as success, you know, ambition, material possessions, highest levels of education, fame, notoriety. Um, but then I was on the 1st of January, 2017, stopped in my tracks and I had to come to a complete standstill. And in that standstill and in the silence and where I'd practically gone off the rails, not in a bad way, but because I was just in this treadmill constantly, um, I had to be stopped in my tracks and I had to encounter with true source in that moment, you know, where I understood my true identity and that is the true meaning of life. Life is a test, a trust and a temporary assignment. The purpose of, you know, of this and is for us to really return home and connect with our real sort of North Star and the spirit that has given us life. It's to really connect back into that and know who that is. Um, and so when you know this, you can then use this as a reference point for your life and all your decision making and all the other things go, you know, we've all gone searching for pales into kind of insignificance. So what I'm optimistic about is that my encounter that stopped me in my track, set me back home, <laughs> um, is kind of what the whole world is experiencing right now. 
Yeah. I'm confident that there is a vibration over the planet, right, that I'm seeing. Um, lots of people that I've been speaking to, I've probably spoken to about five people every day, new people, that are on this self in, you know, self-reflective, you know, looking at, looking at and understanding this and taking the time to, to stop and to really ask the questions of themselves. And it's an invitation for all of us to come back to purpose and understand that their purpose is the meaning of life. Um, so everyone from royals to presidents to leaders to captains of industry, the everyday person will be confronted in this time with this same contemplation. And so do they think the world we are living in, which is on the brink of total collapse, of, you know, is sustainable? Do we look around the world across every generation and are we proud of what we've done, you know, with our society our environment, our economic systems? Are we proud to leave that for the next generation? Is there even going to be a planet for the next generation at this point? And the answer, unfortunately, in every category is no. So our world is literally engulfed in, in fear. And the three factors that is driving that fear is money, power, and access to information. But that's not the truth, unfortunately. You know, that is not the true meaning of why we're here. So, you know, I'm, what I'm optimistic about is that we have lived in a what you know in my sort of MBA days or whatever it was it was called the business car the business class world and what I see happening is that we're about to transition into a people class world and that the human spirit is going to rise and we're going to get to the truth and we're going to get to the truth through transparency and that transparency is going to turn the fear into trust and the trust is going to turn the greed and selfishness into partnership and caring about others, which is, has far more value than any, anything else. And that partnership is going to turn Band-Aid solutions into holistic, holistic ones where no one is left behind. There is no reason why we should have over 3 billion people, half our world population living on less than 250 a day. There are more people dying of starvation and not having access to just basic human needs like water than coronavirus combined every day. Yeah. And so this is, the, this is what I'm optimistic about is that, you know, this is a grace, grace period for our whole planet to stop mm. and to just go, oh, gosh, what have we done? What's important? How, you know, I, I spent a year in, in India um, and I've lived in every, I've lived in Africa and South Africa and seen poverty and justice firsthand and, and oh my gosh, how we've treated each other. You know, I've seen the most heinous crimes against humanity you've ever seen. 
and there's no need for it. You know, absolutely no need for it. There's enough resources and abundance and capital and everything in the world where we can all be equal. This is no reason for it at all. And so that's what I, I think is going to, that's what I'm so excited about. You know, does everyone get to have their, their moment where they can sit in their own truth and have the same sort of experience that I did on the 1st of January, 2017, where I had to really kind of <laughs> turn, turn at that moment and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live life differently. Yeah. And I, the timing of it is remarkable because I mean, this, this really needed to happen now. Yes. It couldn't, we couldn't have gone on much longer. I think things were becoming so crazy, so hectic. Um, yeah. The political environment, the, the yeah. total lack of constructive discourse between different sides of the, the aisle, if you will, in the US, yeah. but certainly the same yeah. here. Um, yes. So what I'm, what I'm hoping is that rather than outsourcing our ideas and our decisions, to, mm. to to other people which is really what the media is it's basically saying yeah. you could do my thinking for me because i'm right. so busy that right. i can't i can't invest the time that i need to actually understand what's happening so you're going to do that for right. me rather than right. that being the kind of default mode of understanding the world people will actually have time to sit back and go actually hang on let me slow down a little bit let me unpack these things these six ideas that have been collapsed into one, which is what's been happening yeah. with our politics in particular, it's like you have to be for all of these things, they're all the same thing. No, yeah. they're not. We actually have the time to pick these things apart, re-examine them, look each other in the eye, you know, both literally and metaphorically, and, and understand that we're all human and we pretty much across the board well motivated even if we disagree with each other and actually there is going to yeah. be a constructive way for us to progress because if there isn't then then it's almost there is almost no point right it's like you were saying we're, we're at the end we haven't got much further to go here unless we, we we get this we work out how to coexist that's that's right and yeah. and you know i don't know if so whether you believe in sort of a source or a god or a um you know a your higher self or whatever you believe in i think i really take it as a blessing as i said a great a grace period because literally within the next 18 months we could have ended up with complete collapse and complete irreversible decline of our planet that was the that was the eight it was 18 months potentially of hitting the iceberg yeah and so whoever threw us a life raft <laughs> right literally to say just hang on a second and you know if you if you think of like most humans that you know your friends your family um you know co-workers generally like they have you know if they've reached a real traumatic life-changing moment i don't know they've got a diagnosis or they've had a car accident or they've lost a child or they've become bankrupt or whatever it takes kind of that moment to then go oh gosh i've got to change i've got to change i've got to turn and i've got to 
I've got to, I've, I've got to, you know, put a health regime and program in place. So I've got to somehow dig deep to then find the resilience to then keep going. And usually they, they take that trauma and they turn it for something really positive, you know, uh, generally to inf influence society and planet in a much greater way and most positive way. And so I feel like this moment is exactly that for every single human being on the planet. So how do you see that playing out then? We have this period. I mean, we don't know how long this is going to go on for, but, you know, in, yeah. in, in the, in the and, and we are already seeing, so if I look at the NHS, for example, yeah. um, they've, they've been making some pretty significant um, decisions and really transformational moves around things like telemedicine, for example, that's now just become yeah. a universal, we have telemedicine. That was going to take another 18 months or two years to roll out, but we now have it immediately. Yeah. Are you seeing any, are you seeing any other examples of things that are going to, change more quickly and we're going to start to see in the impact of those changes in the next year or so that potentially we're going to take longer and that we're going to see those positive impacts coming through ahead of time yes yeah, so for the last three years worldwide generation has been building a technology market infrastructure platform called g17 eco um, it's a monitoring and marketplace ecosystem that can collect and process and disseminate data directly from companies to to assurers to rating agencies to investors to government to the public um, and it was designed around um, the delivery of the sustainable development goals i don't know if you're familiar with them but the un set out yeah. in 2015 17 goals that would would have to be delivered by 2030 to um to, to, to reach this global resolution on this new, you know, system that we all need. And in, in a way, the need for those SDGs has been <laughs> brought far more in front and centre of every, of every business, every government, every civil society, you know, uh, participant now more than ever. And we've seen data now to show that the companies that had already dedicated and committed themselves to put sustainable development at the heart of their business model and decision-making withstood and outperformed the companies that didn't in this, in this virus. Okay. So this is very recent data. This is very recent data. They are the, the resilient companies. And the reason being is that they took, they take social, economic and environmental risks more holistically uh, they they have greater insight on their on their supply chains. They're they're controlling their supply chains better. They are um, you know they're gaining favor with their regulators, their board, their investors, their talent. So these these are the companies that are going to um, enter a new world of. Um, greater prosperity, safety, resilience against any future shocks as well. Um, and so this data has been emerging for a number of years, but actually in the, in just in the last latest market crashes, um, those they're called 
sort of SDG or sustainability or ESG, environmental social governance funds, have outperformed. And, and that is really an exciting and optimistic data point that we all need to kind of look to. Doing good is good for business it, and we can prove right. it. We can prove it. And, and I'm talking not just like a little good. I'm talking yeah. if we invest in the SDGs, we will unlock something like 12 trillion global growth per annum, never seen of any generation in human history. So while we're on the brink of collapse, we could also be on the brink of complete prosperity that no other generation would have achieved ever, you know? And so um, the other great market force is the, the rise of the millennials and the Gen Z who are demanding greater transparency and accountability from their leaders and their brands. And these people, <laughs> these, these, this generation are, deeply connected to society and the world that they live in. You know, these are the people who are pushing their parents who are in various positions in organisations to say, come on, what are you doing about this? We, there will be no planet for us to live on. And so I'm excited by this generation and we have a number of them coming to support us uh, from universities and from all sorts of places uh, in this time at Worldwide Generation as we start to uh, get ready for the release of this platform. And so the other, you know, and from a technological perspective, uh, we're going to see why fourth industrial revolution technologies are really going to come into their own in this, in this space. And, and, and I'll just one of them that, you know, we've underpinned our platform with is, is blockchain. This technology, I believe, has been designed for such a time as this, is that it provides this transparency. So we can now see exactly where our information is coming from with evidence. Can we trust it? That becomes an immutable, fully traceable uh, record. We don't just have to believe what's being said on the internet or what's being said in our news feeds. We can actually really go to the source of the truth and see if we can ver if that can be verified and that's that's the first component mm -hmm. it's decentralizing control because right now control is centralized by just a very the, the 1% of the 1% it's designed to build trust in a trustless ecosystem it will bring us together as one borderless ecosystem and it will build community and connectivity in a in a in an era of potential isolation and disconnectivity. It can help, it actually can bring us together as that. And 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 this is the the new the new model that's going to deliver a sustainable social, economic, and environmental solution where if you can imagine three concentric circles that you've got people, planet and profit, you know, connecting together. And the core of that is purpose. And so if you just hold that as an individual, as your kind of reference point, mm -hmm. you, you make every decision from that, from that central point of purpose. And, you know, whether you're, a child or whether you're a mother or a father or you're, you know, you're 
seemingly at the bottom of the pyramid at this point, or if you're at the top of the pyramid, wherever you are, the same thing should apply to all of us. And as soon as you, everyone can use that as their rep, reference point for decision-making, the world will equalize. Yeah. And, and that's what's so exciting about, you know, where the blockchain technology can, um, can take us. But, you know, every technology and every scientific kind of discovery or any breakthrough has a positive and a negative aspect to it, right? So it has an ethical line in the middle of it and you can use whatever it is for good or for, for bad. And, and so that's also part of this is that if you don't have purpose at the heart of it, you can, you can come up with the most incredible invention and innovation. And, but if you use that technology for control and fear and greed and it, you know, that's where things go wrong. And so there almost needs to be a, in this new transition, there needs to be a, an ethical committee or a wisdom council or something like that, that really holds yeah. everyone to account for what, for their decisions really. Yeah. So we, we talk about, um, a chief philosopher. Yeah. Chief philosopher. I a, love a, that. A chief, rather than a chief. Well, cause it doesn't, it, companies don't have that, right? But no. actually having, understanding the moral framework that guides decisions that aren't, it's 100%. not just purely, focused on profit is, is incredibly, incredibly important and I think we've been missing right. that not even just from from you know the way that companies are run but really from our entire cultural conversation for a very long time it seems to be missing right. right so what you're describing is, is is fascinating and you know if we were to play that out a bit further say two years three years I mean it sounds like you know, we've, we've already been planting, but we're really now in earnest planting the seeds for a new type of economy. And I'm not going to talk about whether that's socialist or capitalist or any of these different, you know, isms that we've accumulated yeah. over the centuries, but it's really just making things better and fairer and more sustainable yeah. across society internationally. And yeah. that is... That's an incredibly optimistic view of things, I think, which is fantastic. And it is you, possible, you, you know, it really yeah. is possible. Yeah. It seems like, I would say even just as a leader trying to drive this project, I mean, when I first conceived the idea of Worldwide Generation, it was going to try and deliver, help all, all sectors deliver the SDGs by 2030 by building a technology platform. I mean, you know, people were like... You know, Angela, that is like the most craziest idea, like the most optimistic, like, I mean, how on earth are you going to do that, you know? Um, but, uh, but, but that's the point, is that if we don't dream and can't conceive that things can actually get better and that we can actually do this, then we don't try and we don't do it, right? And even if we fall short of it, at least we've, we've tried. And, and, I, and I think that that energy and that force is what magnet it, it well it brings everybody together it has a magnetic force around it and then it it does multiply in value right it it, it can just it, it just transcends and so 
that's what that's what it is you know and, and I so that's why I was so excited about having this conversation because without that optim, optimism and that belief that we can change we don't have to accept the status quo we yeah. don't have to give up you know if we can all align to purpose that's pretty much what we have to do wonderful I think we should leave it at that, at that on that <laughs> note <laughs> Thank you so much. That was a really <laughs> fascinating conversation. I can't wait. I've, I've, I've been following you for a little while and I'm really, when did you say the platform was launching? In um, the summer? In about three months time, yeah. Okay, I will be tracking your progress with keen interest. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this podcast from our series on optimism. If you did, you can subscribe to our mailing list at doorglobal.com to be updated about further episodes. And if you have any comments or want to get in touch, feel free to send us an email at contact at doorglobal.com. My name is Ben Rubin, and until next time, keep well and thanks for listening.